It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Saturday night practice at FedEx Field. How did it go? Who shined? Who didn't? How did the crowd look? And a couple of roster moves for the Commanders, all coming up next, right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good to have you with us, everybody. I am Chris Russell. Uh, We are the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and the new WUSA 9 Plus app. Your CBS affiliate, Washington, D.C., our partners, They have a new streaming app that is a game changer for local news and sports in the DMV. Now, download the WUSA 9 Plus app from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. We appreciate you joining us right here. And, again, thank you for making us your first listen or your first watch of the day if you're with us on YouTube. Again, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Meta Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. You can catch me. And Pete Medhurst, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, uh, or anytime, again, along with this show, for download or for listening on the Odyssey app. That's right. My co-host, David Harrison, is covering the Washington Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. He is on special assignment, so he is out for this episode, but fair enough, boys and girls. He'll be back solo on the next episode. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter. Uh, check out David at dharrison82, me at Russellmania621, or the podcast at LO Commanders. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Our friends at Bet Online have you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's get to it. Lots to cover here. Thoughts from Saturday night at FedEx Field. I actually recorded an episode from the press box after the practice, but some technical difficulties have led us to this point. Hopefully, there are less technical difficulties is the best way I can say it. So, uh, apologize for the background not being the press box for whatever that means. Uh, I'm still ugly, so, you know. You're still stuck with me. I apologize. I'm doing the best I can, right? Well, maybe not the best I can, but uh, I'm sort of doing uh, the best I can. Either way, you get the point. Uh, we are not at FedEx Field, but we were on Saturday night. You know, and the first reactions that you take away are Carson Wentz is what he is. He's all over the place. There's times where he's going to make you want to pull your hair out, and then there's times where he's going to make you go, Oh, my God, I can't believe that's our quarterback. That's the best way I can say it. And that's probably most quarterbacks, non-Tom Brady, non-Patrick Mahomes, non-Aaron Rodgers, maybe non-Justin Herbert division, Josh Allen. 
But even at times, those guys make you want to pull your hair out, right? But Carson Wentz is a different beast. He's not in that group. He's not in that category. He has some traits like those guys, but he's not in that group because he's not consistent enough. Think about it this way. If Carson Wentz is more of your maybe 55-45 type quarterback, you know, say 55% of the time he's good, normal, fine, excellent, elite, what have you, and 45% of the time he's like, I don't know what the hell that was, those guys are 80% in the good, elite, great, whatever category, making you go, oh, my God, I can't believe that's our quarterback, and 20% of the time bad. So that's kind of a general synopsis of what you should be approaching Carson Wentz like. Again, he does have elite traits. He does have elite characteristics. It's just not consistent enough. And there's times where the boneheaded Carson Wentz, if you will, comes out in terms of turnovers, decisions, holding on to the ball too long, awkward mechanics, uh, thinking he can make every throw. But then... You get a play like what happened on Saturday night to Marcon Mitchell, which was the star uh, he was, Marcon Mitchell, the young receiver, the star of the show on Saturday night, at least in terms of individuals. But also this throw, this play, was really the star of the show. And it's weird because it was a little mix of everything. Now, granted, I can't show the video, right? We're not allowed to take video of it during that period, and the fan videos that I've seen, unless somebody has an angle that I haven't seen yet, does not show what I saw live in the press box, which was from behind the play and basically kind of an all-22 behind-the-line-of-scrimmage look. And again, things happen very quickly, and I may have seen it wrong, but from my vantage point, Carson Wentz had terrible mechanics through with a flat-footed base instead of having his hips flipped like that. If you're watching on YouTube, you see what I'm doing. Um, a normal throwing motion. Now, he was under pressure, and he may have had a hand basically come out and try and grab at him because, of course, you can't knock the quarterback down. You can't hit the quarterback. So everything's kind of a simulation. But because of that, Carson Wentz maybe was able to dodge whatever pressure there was, and, and and that pressure is what I thought I saw, but I confirmed it with somebody else who was closely watching the play as well and agreed with my assessment that Carson Wentz's mechanics in this one particular throw were not very good. But here's the good side. And, again, this is, again, pull your hair out or, oh, my gosh, that guy's our dude. And Carson flipped it and flung the ball eh, probably 50 yards in the air, maybe 55 yards in the air, and threw a dart to Marcon Michel, and he caught it inside the five-yard line and kind of tumbled towards the end zone. Now, I don't know if it would have been a touchdown. I don't know if it would have just been a huge completion. What have you, it doesn't matter. My point is that Carson Wentz on one play can be both just amazing and yet also drive you crazy because no quarterback should be throwing from what I think his base was and from what I think was his throwing motion. Because oftentimes you're going to get into trouble. But he is good enough and has enough arm talent to make it work most of the time or some of the time. But what happens when it doesn't work? And that's going to be the problem. 
that's going to be the problem. Um, Wentz struggled really from the start on Saturday night, big time. He was overthrowing guys. He was erratic. Um, he wasn't very good. Wasn't very good. And that's in the eyes of everybody. That's not just Chris Russell, you know, looking to pick a bone, whatever. That's in the eyes of everybody. But despite some early struggles in one-on-ones and seven-on-sevens and even in the early team periods, he did come back through a beautiful touchdown pass to, wait, wait, hold your breath, Curtis Samuel, wow, in the corner of the end zone, to Benjamin St. Just's. Uh, left-hand side, so he beat BSJ in coverage. And then he also, again, finished the practice strong, not only with that play that I was just talking about with Marcon Michel, uh, but also a back shoulder touchdown fade pass to Terry McLaurin. I don't remember who was in coverage uh, on that particular play. Uh, and again, replays, there were none. Uh, so we're just watching it, quite honestly. And um, what I can get is what I can get. Uh, I haven't seen anybody that noted who the cornerback was, and I couldn't tell on the one fan video that I saw. Again, we're not able to take video at that point. Wentz also had a red zone run in which he was just kind of awkwardly lumbering, and maybe it's because he's 6'5", and he was it looked like he was awkward, uh, but he did. He kind of lumbered towards the end zone. Maybe he would have had a touchdown. Maybe he would have slid. I'm sure he would have slid if it was a real game and somebody uh, could have tackled him because a tackler did kind of come by him. Uh, But certainly that is something to keep an eye on. His ability to escape pressure with his legs instead of always having to try and make a play with his arm. That's something that he was so good at in his first couple years in the NFL. In talking to people, that are around the league. Um, oh, before I get there, uh, he also threw a nice dig to Jahan Dotson and also had a deep ball incomplete to Terry McLaurin, which I thought looked a lot better than the pass actually to uh, Michelle, but it was incomplete and it was overthrown. But again, you want to talk about a hose? I think you all know this by now. Carson Wentz has got a hose. In talking to people um, that are around the league and talk to other people around the league and have connections that I maybe don't have, quite honestly. The people that I talk to still think he is going to be up and down, up and down and all over the place. And again, make you rip your hair out at times and make you pat yourself on the back thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is our dude. Now, I do know that in talking to sources Carson feels much more comfortable here in Washington than he did in Philadelphia and Indianapolis. And what I mean by that from what I was told is, and I've observed some of this during the OTAs, during a couple of practices, uh, the way he celebrated with Terry McLaurin on Saturday night after that touchdown that I was mentioning. Carson Wentz seems very much less stiff, for lack of a better term, and awkward, more celebratory, more loose, more charismatic. And I was told when I asked somebody, people close to him feel that he has said basically this, bleep it, I'm going to be me, I'm going to relax, I'm going to enjoy. And that's the best thing he can do. Now, as I've said many times, we'll see what happens when we get to you know October and November and the stress really is there, but that is a good sign. He's just trying to have fun. 
So that's a big segment to open us up on Carson Wentz. What else did I see in the Saturday practice at FedEx Field? We'll have those details for you next right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But first, guys, level with us. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives where we're a little tight on cash. Maybe you could only afford uh, a few gallons of gas in, in your tank, especially with gas being priced uh, the way it is. Or you have another save the date for a wedding anniversary party or graduation or whatever, and you're kind of wondering how you're going to afford that gift, right? That's where Dave can help. Well, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses, car bills, what have you, come up. Now Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight is twenty twenty. You can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future, you? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Again, Dave is the banking app that helps you get up to $500 instantly with something called extra cash. Again, money to fill up your tank, money to pay some bills, money to maybe help on little vacation spending cash, that type of thing. No interest, no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app, and they get the financial relief and help that they need when they need it most with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, you need some extra help, don't be shy. Download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app right now in the App Store. That's D-A-V-E. Dave, sign up for the extra cash account. Get up to $500 instantly for terms and conditions. Go to Dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees applied. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, guys, we're back here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. I didn't really go anywhere, but good to have you with us. I'm Chris Russell. Again, thanks for making us your first listen and your first view of the day. All right, so what else did I see at Command Central last night, Saturday night, I should say, depending on when you're watching this, uh, at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland? A couple of things, and I'll try and go through this quickly. Brian Robinson had a big run off the right side early. I think that's going to be – a run. I talked to Randy Jordan back in June, and he was he indicated this. He didn't tell me specifically, but when I asked about a couple of specific runs, this was the indication. He said he had zeroed in on three or four runs and types of runs that Brian Robinson really felt comfortable with. And I've seen a lot of outside zone. I've seen some to the left, but I've seen more to the right. And this one was to the right, outside zone, and he hit it, and I think this is going to be a bigger part of Brian Robinson's game than many of the draft pundits, analysts, scouts, rankings, media outlets, what have you, uh, had. I think Brian Robinson can get to the outside. Uh, I saw another run. Now, again, you can't tackle, right? So you keep that in mind. And coaches have always told me running back and safety are the two hardest positions to evaluate in training camp because you can't tackle, right? But I saw a run, this was more of an inside zone run, it looked like, 
Uh, and again, I could be slightly off on what type of run it was, but it looked, looked to me like an inside zone run. Uh, basically, between the right guard and the center is where he hit the hole. Uh, and Robinson bounced off of a linebacker maybe about five or six yards down the field. Again, the linebacker couldn't tackle, so maybe he would have made the tackle and Brian Robinson wouldn't have bounced off of him. But the point is, is it was already on the second level. Bounces off the linebacker then gets pushed down from behind, or pushed, I should say, from behind as he's passing the linebacker, and he falls, stumbles forward for another three or four yards. So Brian Robinson would have probably had at least a four-and-a-half, five-yard gain to begin with, but then because he had good forward lean and good forward momentum and he was running low with his pad level, after the initial contact and rack, run after contact, run you know, yards after contact, kind of depending on what you call it, he also was able to get, again, two or three more extra yards. Maybe he was even four. don't know exactly to pick up more yardage because of the way he was pushed but not pushed down into the ground and tackled, of course. Again, the situation may have been a little bit different if tackling was allowed, but Again, he picked up you know, eight or nine yards because of the momentum and because of his lean and because of the way he was going. So a good sign there for Brian Robinson. Benjamin St. Juice had a kind of a tough night. We mentioned he got beat by uh, Curtis Samuel, also got smoked for a touchdown and one-on-ones by Terry McLaurin. Sam Howell had an interception. Uh, young corner Dewan Neal, who was in the USFL. But he also threw a touchdown pass to Marcon Michelle who was, again, the star of the night. We mentioned the big play with Carson Wentz, a couple other things uh, that Marcon Michelle was a part of. Uh, he was definitely individualistically the most notable, uh, again, individual. Uh, Taylor Heineke on one play. Uh, he didn't dive for the end zone pylon like we've seen him do in the playoff game against Tampa, like we saw him do uh, at, at other times. No, no, no. Taylor Heineke recreated something similar to that. He took off uh, in red zone drills, ran towards the end zone, and instead of crossing into the end zone, and again, he can't be tackled, right? So you can play around a little bit. You can have some fun. And there were officials there. Instead of running into the end zone and just ending the play, right? Oh, okay, practice touchdown. Nope. Uh, He did something kind of interesting. He danced along the goal line, and when he got towards the corner of the end zone, and everybody's kind of like wondering, what are you doing, dude? He reached across the goal line and hit the pylon with the football while standing up instead of diving for it, which he kind of became known for. That's Taylor Heineke. He's got a little bit of sauce, a little bit of vinegar uh, to him. Cam Curl had a nice pass breakup. The third-year Arkansas uh, safety continues uh, to improve. He's going to be a big part of this defense, of course, again uh, this year. There were only two tight ends who participated with the others banged up. No Logan Thomas, of course. He's still on pump. No John Bates. He's been out for a week and a half. Samus Reyes and Cole Turner also uh, not able to practice as well on Saturday night. Only Curtis Hodges and Armani Rogers were able to actually work, which caused some roster moves, which we'll get to. The rest of the guys that did not practice on Saturday night, Deami Brown, uh, young wide receiver Jaquez Ezard. Uh, again, we mentioned Turner and Bates. Trey Turner, uh, a different Turner, uh, hasn't been able to practice since, I think, day one of camp. That is still a concern. Nolan Laufenberg, who 
David and I have talked about defensive end Shaka Tony did not practice. Troy Apke has been out for uh, almost a week. He was once again out on Saturday night. James Smith-Williams still dealing with a hip injury. He was out again, and William Jackson the third. We don't know if that was just a veteran night off or not, uh, but something to keep an eye on with all of his injuries from last year. All right, coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast, a bunch of roster moves that the team made on Sunday and a look at the crowd Saturday night in Landover. That's next, coming up right here on LOC. But first, our friends at BetOnline.net want you to know that they are the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find out all of your favorite sports and events on the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and golf to make you a better better. BetOnline continues to be your top online resource for all of your sports wagering information, live in-game betting, scores, and you can even listen to podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about all of the action heading on BetOnline. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys. The Commanders made a bunch of roster moves on Sunday, as we mentioned. So they signed veteran linebacker Nate Jerry who had been with the Eagles for uh, a, a while, uh, spent 2017 through 2020 uh, with the Eagles, did not play last season. Uh, he was on uh, San Francisco's uh, initial roster, waived, injured, uh, later put on the practice squad, then cut. So certainly somebody with some experience, but somebody that we have to wonder, okay, like what happened, right? He was part of special teams and, uh, and, and all that, and, and an extra linebacker with Philadelphia. That wasn't a great linebacker group, to be honest with you. Uh, and then, obviously, again, uh, didn't make San Francisco's initial roster, was waived, cut, brought back on the practice squad, cut again. So we will have to see. Now, uh, you know, look, um, and this is, you know, my my, my buddy John Kime uh, of ESPN noted this. Uh, you know, nobody gets to watch these workouts. He worked out on Saturday. Uh, but apparently they like the fit of David Mayo, who's a better thumper, run stopper, downhill type of guy, maybe not as good in coverage, uh, to compliment Jamin Davis to have a, and Cole Holcomb, another guy who can cover and another guy who can run. And again, Jerry can play special teams, uh, as we mentioned, has plenty of experience in that area. All right. They also signed safety Stephen Parker, tight end Eli Wolf, who is undrafted out of Georgia. They released quarterback Cole Kelly, the 6'7", Southeast Louisiana uh, product, uh, who, you know, again, had plenty of mistakes, plenty of, uh, I guess, bad throws. As I know David and I detailed this on one recent episode. Also, guard Tyrese Robinson and linebacker Bryce Notre. Now, that's interesting because 
again, Notre is somebody that, um, you know, that Ron had said that he liked. They had a linebacker um, that retired and then unretired, and they also – uh, added a, another linebacker whose name is slipping my mind uh, at this moment. I'll try and get that for you uh, as soon as I can. I just want to make sure that I get uh, the name right. Oh, uh, well, Nathan Jerry, I mean, obviously. Uh, that was the linebacker uh, that they signed. So, um, again, they, they let go of Notre, uh, even though they had the linebacker that came, you know, the undrafted linebacker that was that was wanted to retire and then came back. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, all of these stuff moves are probably, quite honestly, fringe roster moves, practice squad type. You know, you shouldn't, like, really get worked up about it. Certainly this is not, hey, we've got our linebacker situation straightened out. Hey, we've got our tight end straight. Not any of that. They seem content on not adding older, maybe higher-priced veterans like a Dante Hightower or uh, Jared Cook, somebody like that, who I've uh, kind of hoped for, pined for, the 35-year-old veteran tight end. But, listen, they got to know more than what I want. they got to know more than what fans want, right? Uh, now, personally, to me, I, I'm not in on Hightower, even though he played for New England, and I know he's smart, leader, all that stuff. I'd rather somebody younger, uh, but yet then I turn around and say, yeah, 35-year-old Donald Cook, uh, sign him, right? I just look at it as a little bit different. You don't need as uh, as much speed, um, as much speed at tight end as you perhaps need at linebacker in this pass-happy league covering all sorts of zones, tight ends that are 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and can run like deer. That's me. I could be wrong, uh, but, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Uh, They obviously feel differently. Now, before we leave you, there was a lot of talk in the press box on Twitter, what have you, about the crowd. I posted some pictures uh, on my own personal Twitter, at WrestleMania621, uh, and as well on LO Commanders, so you can just get an idea of what the crowd looked like. I would say, without unofficial or without official numbers, there was probably around 15,000 there. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know if we're going to get the exact number, guys. Uh, it might not have even been that high. But that's what I would guesstimate. Um in talking to people that were at the event last year, and I was in at the event last year, but I was in a different role. So I wasn't really studying the crowd. I, they said it was maybe better than last year. Now, last year was on a Friday night, this on a Saturday night, around the same time of the year. But Saturday nights in the in the DMV area make a little bit of a difference as opposed to Friday nights. There's theoretically a little less traffic. Not always, but theoretically a little less traffic. So, um, you know, most guys that I talk to, media, and, and I think fan officials or team officials were were happy. Uh, sorry, my dog is coming in and, uh, and rummaging through my stuff. I think most people were happy with the turnout of the crowd. So we will see what, you know, kind of comes out of it. Um, we, we will see what comes, what comes out of, um, the, the whole situation in terms of, like, how fans kind of respond to this and how many fans come out of, 
the preseason opener uh, this Saturday against the Carolina Panthers. We'll see what happens. Again, I wouldn't expect anything great. This is not last offseason when there was a lot of optimism about how the previous season ended, even though Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback and there wasn't any juice and excitement about him. It's different. It's different. But the bottom line is, is I don't think it was terrible last night. I don't think it was awful is what I would say. So, all right, that being here nor there, I, I again, I think team officials, from the sense that I got from talking to some, uh, were, were, were happy. They were optimistic about the turnout. So, for whatever that's worth. All right, uh, we have to get on out of here. Thank you again for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your, your first view of the day. Now make the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast your second listen and your second view. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft, guys, with Locked On Fantasy Football. David will return from Tampa on special assignment on the next episode of the Locked On Commanders podcast. If you want to hop in, it's 301-615-3577 on the voicemail, 301-615-3577, or Locked On Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Again, for David Harrison on special assignment, covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell. One after the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another, and thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.